0: it's called enclosed cognition like you of course you know the term for it (laughs) (laughs) we teach it yeah yeah um well the brain the brain knows that you're wearing yoga pants and so it it just performs differently and
1: god bless whoever invented yoga pants but this may not be the place for them
0: Walters in the house with the with the woman your mother warned you about. What's good to see you? It's
1: great to see you too. You look just like all professional there. Nice studio. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great color. Hair just looks like beautiful.
0: My hair is banging. Your hair is banging. Hey, Warners, welcome to another episode of The Women Your Mother Warned You About. It's me, Gina, from Sales Gravy, which this show is sponsored by, and the Keith Walters, who helped give birth to this show. Wow. Welcome (laughs) back. (laughs) Did you have a visual?
1: Yes, but I'm not going to go there.
0: Okay, that's a pretty good idea. Um, you know, our listeners haven't heard your voice in a while. Just a quick refresher um, so they know who you are, what you do. Remind them.
1: What I do is I build great companies and
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I love to talk. So <laughs> here I am. Now, I'm, I'm an advisor. I've, I've built a number of companies and sold them. And I'm an advisor to a handful of companies right now.
0: Mm -hmm. You're living, you're living the life basically. (laughs) Making money from all the mistakes I made. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Making, you're still making money from the mistakes you made. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah.
1: It's all a lesson. Life's all a lesson.
0: I love it. Anything new and exciting?
1: There is nothing really new and exciting. It's okay. still just kind of moving on, waiting for, waiting for the craziness that surrounds us to sometime go away. But
0: one day, one
1: day, one,
0: one day, it feels like it's been going on forever. And as we, um, this episode is airing on December 30th, uh, which happens, by the Happy way, to be birthday, my birthday. Gina. Yeah.
1: Uh, this is birthday. the birthday
0: episode. <laughs> uh, this is our birthday episode. Well, my birthday, but uh, it's our last episode of the year of 2021, moving into 2022. And I thought it would be cool, like we like to do at the end of the year, it's kind of like, <sighs> wrap up, talk about learnings from the year, um, advice going into next year. I'd like to talk about that. You know, we're once again, kind of still dealing with the new normal and what's that mean and the next variant and what's that mean for business and all of those things that are on people's minds. Um, what are some of your highlights of the, the past year, anything stick out for you?
1: It has been a crazy year, from business perspective, growth, change, pivots, all the clients I'm working with, it, it is so dynamic. Most are just doing a lot of business, doing very successfully. Um, so that's that's been a highlight for the year is just watching and seeing the ability of my clients to adjust and move forward. Yeah. Yeah. The pivot, you know, a lot of pivoting going on.
0: A lot of pivoting going on. What do you think has been some of the better strategies for those who are actually doing well from what you've experienced? What are some of the things that they've done to help them do well in a new normal? One
1: is shorten their planning cycle because instead instead of being able to do a plan for a year, yeah, who knows what a year from now is and, and things are starting to, to slow down a little bit, but shortening the planning cycle, especially going into 2021, was really good. Most of my, most of the companies I work with, most of my clients shorten their planning cycle from a year to a six, a quarter to six months, you know, so brought it down, you know, you want to plan as far as you can see or have a sense of where you're going to go and when things are so dynamic, um, you know, that's, that's, that's been one of the keys.
0: What, what about, um, I know this comes up a lot. I see it. I hear it a lot. Salespeople who make excuses still around COVID and, you know, it's not going away anytime soon.
1: God, well, that's, you know, people tend to always want to have an excuse, I think. And, you know, whenever I hear that excuse, you know, for me, that's, Time to put the brakes on, and and ask the question. Oh, none of your competitors had to deal with that. Oh, no one else has to deal with that. Mm-hmm. No, that's the playing field. Get used to it. Yeah. And there are companies who are just do- going gangbusters in this. Not all related to you know, COVID itself. Uh, that's the playing field. Yeah. Go go with it.
0: So the company's not related to COVID type products and services that are doing well besides um, shortening planning cycles. What else do you think that they're, they're doing that's going that's helping well, them?
1: Well, you know, a lot of those companies are stronger in culture. So they're, they're finding it's a little bit easier to retain talent, you know, talent, mm. the talent market is, is a burden and is going to be a massive burden going into 2022. Um, so the the companies who are already strong culturally um, are ha- are having a better time at it with that. And everybody's having a tough time. Companies who are recognizing, oh, wow, we're losing employees now. We need to improve our culture. Mm, it's a little late. So that that's another key one. And you know that's a soapbox for me anyway. So
0: yeah. Well, it's, you and I have always been on that same page that it is, it, it is about culture and, you know, you can, you can retain employees to a certain extent. Um, if they can find a better culture, they're going to jump.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, doing, doing those sorts of things and, and always looking about, you know, when, when some problem arises, you know, ask the question, what opportunity is going to come out of this problem? How do we pivot around the problem and make new opportunity around it? And, you know, that's, that's, I think that's huge because, you know, product life cycle changing, what's working, changing technology change, you know, all these things are being driven through some of the problems that are coming up. Take advantage of it.
0: So what would you recommend? Like how do we get companies and leaders into this mindset of of preparing for new opportunities?
1: I think I think part of it's a constant question, maybe ask at the leadership team level of are we seeing any fresh opportunities? Are you know, are are we what what and I think you actually probably want to lead that with what problems do we see? You know long term Long-term, always been planning tool is the SWOT matrix: strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Mm-hmm. And the strengths and weaknesses are the internals, and the opportunities and threats are the externals. And for years and years, the opportunities and threats were almost always the same list. Yeah. Right. And and, and you know, new regulation. You know, so you know, st- you know, and they're they're valid opportunities and threats. But over the last two years the opportunities and threats is changing more frequently than the strengths and weaknesses. It's, it's, it's a complete reversal. And so it's like looking at that SWOT and focusing on that opportunity threat, opportunity threat on a constant basis with the recognition that threats become opportunities.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you really can't do any of that if your culture is not great. Yeah,
1: people have to be, you have to be able to be transparent say, oh, we suck at this or this is going to cause us to yeah. suck.
0: Well, I mean you have to be willing to look at it, mm-hmm. right? If if you if your culture is not in that place um and your attitude is we don't need to look at this. Right. That's where it bites you yeah. in the ass. Yeah.
1: Yeah and the other thing is I think I think companies are getting to see a different aspect of their people during this past year or so which is which is always good it's always good to get different lenses on who your people are what their strengths and weaknesses are how they make judgments
0: you know it's funny you should say that i just got off a um sales conversation with an organization that wants to bring me uh, out to do a, a keynote presentation for their sales kickoff and um you know, we've been kind of going back and forth on, on some ideas and getting a feel for what their desired outcomes are from that. Um, what, are, what what do they want to walk away with from that? And, you know, the virtual selling piece continues to come up. Like, ooh, it's not going away. Um, you know, even when I got on the call with them, I w- I w- I've already had one call with them. I got elevated to the next level of stakeholders. Um, and I've got like two more calls in this, in this sales process and And I knew that going in, but I knew that there are a couple of things with this. I knew what I was I knew what I was up against, right? Because I did enough discovery to find out what did I need to know for these stakeholders. So virtual selling, big deal for them. Their people aren't doing it. And uh, they're not they're not turning their cameras on, right. Right. And I specifically um, did the meeting in my fancy schmancy studio here. Right. I've got my office, Mm -hmm. which is kind of cool. But I did it in the studio because I wanted them to experience um, a virtual learning. You know, this is what we do for for training. But we also, I also do sales calls from here. Um, It just has a different look and a different feel, a different professionalism to it. And of course, they were like, Ooing and ah eyeing it like they loved it and they're like oh and i said well you know you're talking about virtual selling um they're like we've actually had a keynote already done on that but our team's not putting it in place and we really need this to happen going into 2022 and i said well that's the leadership issue (laughs) number one right so the first thing you know there were there were three of them on this call and one of them said well they won't turn on their cameras and, you know, the customers aren't either. And I'm like, okay, these are two issues here. One leadership two, set the expectation for the customer. Right. So this is a simple one. Tell them to turn their cameras on. It's an expectation. It's not going away. You have to create that connection. And then they said, well, the excuses we get are, well, you know, they're at home and the dog and the kids and the, and I'm like, and again, this is a leadership issue. Then you give them instruction for how to do this. And then you give them instruction on how to pre-frame it. Everybody knows that people are working from home. It's not, it's not considered like unprofessional anymore. It's not considered um, weird that the majority of people are working from home. Tell them how to set up their space and then it's an expectation that they turn on the camera and they can't use working from home as an excuse.
1: I, I agree. I mean, that is a leadership question. Tell them, tell them what the space is going to look like. If they need a virtual background, get everybody a consistent virtual background. Do a, if, if you're the sales leader, um, do a check on what they look like on, on camera. What what, what am I expected to wear? What am I expected to look like? What is my background? You know, let's, let's, you know, easy. Let's not do this from the bathroom. Uh, You know, let's make sure that the background is professional. I mean, I've, I've been in some where people didn't think about their background and I'm like, oh my God. Um, You know, but how is this any different than showing up in person, not wearing shorts and sandals? You know, it's, it's, an, it's an expectation. So that's a leadership question. Black, yeah. black and white expectations, you don't meet expectations, there's consequences.
0: Now, at the same time, the organization has to have a, a certain level of support around it, meaning, okay, we're all going to be consistent and uniform on this, and we're all going to have a backdrop, and we're mm-hmm. all going to have a this, and we're all going to have a that. And you don't have to spend a ton of money doing that. Um, it's pretty simple to do. You just, you know, it's a studio in a box. I don't know. Just give them the guidelines for what to do and what those expectations are, um, including how to dress. Right. Right. Like including like, this is something we teach at sales gravy, right? I get up and I put on clothes, not yoga pants. Right, I, I get fully dressed and fully made up and hair fully done as if I'm going to go face to face.
1: There's an energy that kind of comes with wearing the uniform.
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's called enclosed cognition. Like you, of course, you know the term
1: for it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we teach it. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, the brain, the brain knows that you're wearing yoga pants. And so it, it just performs differently. Right. And
1: God bless whoever invented yoga pants, but this may not be the place for them.
0: Correct. <laughs> Correct. I mean, yoga pants are great. And I'm definitely doing work differently when I'm dressed to go in person.
1: Absolutely. And I know that in your studio there, for example, you can operate either standing up or sitting down. And Correct. when you're selling, standing up is... is I believe the way to go, even to the point where yeah. back in person sales teams and companies, it was, if you're on the phone with a prospect, you're standing up because you bring yeah. a different energy to the conversation, yeah. you know? So, have, and you know, sales gravy provided a banner for you and, and you know, pro, and, and, you know, your microphone set up, you know, that's, that's not very expensive, you know? So co- companies no. are going to provide if they're, if, if you are building a virtual sales team, yeah, you know, there's a few dollars you're going to spend for everybody. Yeah, big deal.
0: Well, yeah. Well, let's talk about that for a second because guess what? These companies now that are, are downsizing and not paying for are not paying for space anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? We get a lot of companies downsizing, getting out of their there are companies now that are completely virtual, getting rid of their office space, and say, I mean, I know of one a friend of yours in the Dallas area that unloaded a lot of square mm-hmm. footage and um, that's a lot of money to save. So yeah, take a piece of that and then give everybody the things that they need.
1: Well, and it's going to pay off and it's going to pay off both for the company and for the salesperson because you making a sales pitch from an environment that looks the way you're mini studio looks which is just right a corner of a room in your house yeah um, right is 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 going to make a difference in the sales process i would i wouldn't do a sale you know my background is you know kind of like a little bit this isn't the best background to do a sales from so i'd do something different yeah so yeah
0: yeah yeah, and I and I have two different spaces I work. I mean, my office space um, is a nice, cozy space in a sunroom with great lighting. But I also have additional lighting in that space so that um, it has the right look. Uh, but it it makes a difference, you know. The call I I had to one of the calls I did today. Um, I was walking into a situation where, how do I put it? there was already going to be some resistance I knew that there was going to be some resistance to working with me specifically because of my improv background and so my my coach in that organization you know had shared that with me but she was still a big believer in it and i said um listen i don't i want i don't want you to talk about my improv background at all I'm like, just wipe it out. And they've already worked with Sales Gravy, so they've had a good experience with Sales Gravy. They worked with other some imp, other improv organizations. I'm like, let's not even lead with that. Let's talk about your desired outcomes, and then go from there. I don't want to hide the improv, but I don't I don't want to lead with it, especially if you've had a bad experience from two other companies, which they did. Um, I don't want to. I'm like, let's not let's let's talk about these desired outcomes. And then let me go from there in how I how I show up with it. So because virtual selling was a topic that was important to them, that's how I pivoted. I'm like, all right, I need to get them on board with me. And so the professionalism of the space is what was able to reignite. Absolutely, yeah. And you, and, 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 and I, and I said that to him too. I'm like, I want to model this for you because this could be really easy for your team to do.
1: It, it is all that, all that side of it is a leadership side. Now getting the customer Mm -hmm. to be face to face on virtual selling, that's kind of more of a sales, that's more of a sales thing, but that, that's, that's your salesperson creating expectations prior Boom. prior it's not show up oh will you turn your video on it's when you send the invitation saying i, I really look forward to seeing you um Boom. people often yeah. people often ask should i turn my camera on and off on or off and we suggest you turn it on you know it's let's like set it up yeah
0: i mean that's what i say every time i confirm a call or set up a call i'm, I'm like looking forward to seeing you on our zoom call
1: mm-hmm. yeah And from a salesperson, I would I would hate to be selling to a blank screen because you you know you can't. We're already limited in communication channels since we're not in person. You need every communication channel you can get.
0: Yeah, that's uh, and and if their camera's not on, I'm like, oh, I can't see you.
1: Yep, that's what I lead with.
0: I I just I'm like, I can't. Oh, is your camera not working? I just did a training to a large group of people the other day where um, there must have been. 50 people in my session and nobody had their camera on. And I was like, "Listen. You know my energy. I come in like a wrecking ball and I'm like all excited and I'm like, I really feel like I'm alone here. And if you guys don't turn on your cameras, I'm I feel like nobody's here." And then, bing, 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 four cameras out of 50 went on. Four. And then I was like, "Hey, I, I'm like, I'm so sorry. Thank you for turning on your cameras. And now, you know, I keep picking on you guys because I feel like you're the only ones here. And thank you. But it's like this isn't that hard, you guys. I'm not even asking you to speak. I just want to see you.
1: Well, but uh, and people have the opportunity to remain anonymous, and they're going to choose that by default.
0: Yeah, yeah, which is which is which is interesting. You know, go, talking about going into 2022." This whole new normal that we've been living in 2021 of the blend of on site, like in person, virtual. um, (laughs) It's an interesting thing. What? It's just such an interesting thing to juggle right now, having to go back and forth between the two. It is.
1: It is interesting. I laugh at it from one perspective, which is a, a number of months ago, I was sitting at a restaurant and listening to the three or four folks at the table behind me talk about, oh, I'm not going back to the office. Not, I'm not going to go back to the office. It's just there's, too, it's too dangerous. And I'm not going to go back to the office. And of course, where they're sitting is in a crowded restaurant. Um, you know, <laughs> people seem to be able to get out, to go shopping, mm-hmm. to go to restaurants, to go to even to ball games and stuff. But it's too dangerous to go into the office. Um, so, you know, that, that aspect of it is just it kind of it's kind of funny another aspect of it and a lot of people disagree with me on this but long term longer term i think employees need to be really careful because when you're in the office you have a distinct advantage it's the same advantage in real estate it's called location 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 a virtual team can be hired anywhere one of one yeah. of my clients, we just, our, the new sales team is in Brazil at a 40% compen- of, of of the compensation cost Ooh. in an environment where people weren't paid for nine months to sit on their couches. They're, they're, they need money. They need There's, results. They're, they're hungry. thrilled to
0: be, they're, they're thrilled, thrilled to be
1: working, working in the office. In Brazil in the Brazilian office which is remote but you know once you accept remote the first thing companies are gonna do is look at what they know which is local remote but 10 miles or a thousand miles or 2,000 miles does it really make a difference and so one of the things employees aren't taking into account is a long-term advantage that they are
2: giving up in focusing on being remote Hi, this is Jeb Blunt. There's a reason why thousands of sales professionals and top companies across the globe hone their sales skills at SalesGrave University. You see, SalesGrave University is different than most learning platforms. First, we have live courses taught in a virtual classroom by our master trainers that start almost every single day. And our e-learning platform is populated with hundreds of hours of sales training content produced by some of the top sales trainers in the world, including Gina's Spontaneous Selling Course, which is worth checking out. Now, I've got some good news. If you've never taken a course on Sales Gravy University, if you're a new user, you can take your very first course for free. That's any course on the platform, absolutely free. Just go to learn.salesgravy.com. That's learn.salesgravy.com, or click the e-learning tab in the top menu at salesgravy.com. Pick out your course, and when you check out, use coupon code free course to get that course for free. That is free course to get your very first course for free.
0: You know, there's always been you know a threat uh, for salespeople of lose you know. Less sales jobs because we've got more technology. We've got m- more capability to research, and the differentiator is you, the salesperson. Right, you you can move the needle. You are going to be the in the final stretch um, to close the deal. But you know, I I, I want to talk about this because you brought up the talent market, and we continue to struggle with the talent market. And I hear this a lot. But to your point. It's kind of like back in the days when you could uh, find help in the Philippines for administrative work and get it at a fraction. And is that really what we want to do again? I mean, do in a sales perspective, like, hey, salespeople, wake up! If if you don't want to do it, somebody will because now we have the world to choose from. We don't just have the U.S. to choose from. We'll go or 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 your little town that you live in. There are other places we can get people.
1: Yeah. So, you know, if you look at that whole business from a life cycle, it started off with what was called what is called business process outsourcing, where you would take big chunks of business, a call center, a help desk, uh, something research department, a specialized group, and you would outsource it offshore. Now it's becoming more specialized position um, offshore. If my CFO is going to be remote, I can find a highly competent CFO in a lot of other places in the world. Mm -hmm. If my, if I need a controller, if I need a, if if I need a special, more specialized position, that's more about hiring an individual rather than groups. Those individuals are out there all over the world. Yeah. And there's a lot, the talent pool is bigger than the U S and over a period of time, costs continue in the U S to go up. That's the natural move of the market.
0: Why do you think we're struggling with the talent market?
1: Well, I think the biggest struggle—and be careful here, because uh, you know I'm I'm on the board of a of a company which is in the labor market and labor labor analysis market data market—and I'm also a data geek. So, um, the you know the biggest reason we're struggling right now is the shrinking of the workforce. There are a mass exodus of people from the workforce. The biggest cohort of people leaving the workforce is women 50 years old and older. Why? Really good question. The hypothesis is that uh, it's a number of reasons. A a number of those women are working um, in auxiliary jobs, if you will. And with the, increase in the stock market and the increase in investments, a lot of them don't feel they need to work anymore when they look at their combined with their spouse, their wealth, their, their financial situation when combined with their spouse. And so they're choosing to leave the market. A number of them were forced out of the market when um, when non-essential businesses, and don't get me started on that, were shut down. And they're having a harder time getting back into the market because of an ageism um, challenge, which affects men and women both. But uh, it, it, And I'm not saying it affects women more, but there is, there is that impact more or less, but there is that impact. And so it's been really interesting that that is the largest cohort leaving the workforce.
0: Yeah, I didn't expect you to say that. I would have thought it would be... Women, but younger, because they're they're taking care of children and they're homeschooling.
1: That's another sizable cohort, but it's actually not as big.
0: That is so interesting. I'm a woman in my fifties. I still have to work. Clearly, my investments aren't good enough.
1: Yeah, and I think part of this is, um, and, and I haven't seen the data on this as married versus unmarried.
0: Ooh, yeah.
1: Because I think it's it's i i I believe, and hopefully I don't put my foot in my mouth here um I believe it is uh women fifteen and older in what would be a more traditional relationship yeah which which fits that cohort
0: yeah 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 i don't um I don't have a sugar daddy, so
1: yeah well, <laughs> <laughs> do we need to pivot the discussion here then Gina, of our conversation <laughs>
0: No, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs>
1: How does Gina find a sugar daddy? <laughs> no, you you love to work. You would work anyway.
0: You I do. Would work anyway. I do. I do love to work. I love what I do, and I would get bored. Well, I mean, I, I take it back. I would find plenty of hobbies. Plenty. I think that
1: I think one other challenge is is that people are leaving in leaving situations where it's a challenge to work. Oh, I've got to wear a mask all day long. Oh, I've got to these restrictions. Oh, I can't do this. Oh, I can't do, you know, that, that's, that's part of there's
0: it. There's that. Yeah, there's that. Uh, I've had, um, I've talked to people who are, you know, frustrated with the mandates and they're trying to get religious exemptions as well. And it's, you know, they're actually quitting jobs because of it. Um, I've seen a lot of that in the military as well.
1: Yeah, it's it's been interesting, and you know, when people are quitting jobs because they can't work remotely. Um, yeah, it's it's really uh, an interesting situation, and you know, technology and sales seem to be, you know, the two the two hardest areas to find people in, and I think for different reasons. I think salespeople right now if you're selling you're doing well and there's there's it's hard to start new in this kind of environment for selling yes
0: you mean starting in the environment of what is the new normal
1: no starting new like leaving leaving somewhere and starting in a new position with a. it's a little bit harder now because of the uncertainty and difficult new difficulties of prospecting and so forth yeah
0: yeah, I can see that um, it, it, because so many companies are also in um state of, we don't know what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I've definitely seen some of that frustration. I worked with someone whose company went through M&A and then they had issues with um, not having real budgets in place. And, and yeah, the, the 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 sales team, like I get the frustration at the same time. They're like, well, you can't give me a budget, how can you expect me to do my job? And and I, I was actually coaching this person, the, the leader, the sales leader. And I'm like, you know, at some point you just have to say, just do your job and don't worry so much about the numbers. You know that, just do what you did last year.
2: Yep. Yeah. Just
0: do what you did last year and go with that until, yeah, it's it's, it's up to the organization to provide that direction. But if they're not you have two choices get out or figure it out
1: so so let me ask you this you know i get a lot of pushback from the sales perspective of calling calling doesn't work anymore picking up the phone and calling doesn't work anymore Mm, bullshit thank you that's the answer let me write that down
0: (laughs) (laughs) bullshit yeah
1: so people are
0: answering the phone more now than they did before you you know why they're inundated with email the e- emails aren't I mean we still need it we you know we talk about this all the time we we teach this it's a blended approach in your prospecting you have to have different touch points um, the phone's not going away it's never going to go away you have to pick up the phone and you have to do other things right because you have to create different patterns in the brain and disrupt and you can't do the same thing over and over again and expect that that's going to have results and You have to understand your audience and know, are they more likely to pick up the phone, read an email, be on LinkedIn? You have to understand your audience. So, but the phone's never going away and people actually, I mean, I call people and they pick up the phone. I'm I'm actually surprised. And now I'm actually more surprised that sometimes I will be like, okay, I've got these three inbound leads that came in. I got a 20 minute window. Let me call these three and leave voicemail. And that's my head. And I had to change it because they all picked up and I'm like, and then they want to talk and I'm like, Oh, I didn't plan on that. I was planning on a voicemail. There people are picking up the phone.
1: Yep. And you know, I believe people pick up the phone more when there is some kind of change like a big pickup in COVID cases. And, and because those are the points in time when other people want to talk and get security from conversation.
0: Mm -hmm. People want to talk to people, especially, Uh especially because we have so many people working from home. They want, they want someone to talk to you. Now me, I'm, I'm an interesting person as we know. I mean, (laughs)
1: That's one way to say it.
0: Yeah. I love picking up the phone for the spam calls for the, I pick up all the calls because a, I'm like looking at, I'm like finding out if they're a new prospect because their sales calls, their sales techniques are so bad. So I, I pick (laughs) up. That's wonderful. I do. I'll be like, I'm like, how's this tech? Has this technique been working for you? They're like, what? I'm like this technique. Like they're like, what are you time out? I'm like, where'd you get my name and number from? Uh
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm like so I'm just curious what kind of sales training are you going through and they like don't know what to do because they've totally flipped the script on them to me it's entertainment like oh this will be let me take this call it'll be fun
1: well and, and you know I haven't done this in a number of years but when building a sales team yep I would answer those sales calls because if somebody did a good job one of my responses would be, well, I'm not buying what you're selling, but do you want a job?
0: <laughs> I like that. There's some advice going into 2022 if you need, a, need new talent. Answer, yeah. answer, your, answer the cold calls coming to you.
1: Answer the cold calls coming to you. Let someone sell. If they do a good job, consider them for your company. Yeah. It's a great place to recruit.
0: I also use the bad emails and LinkedIn messages I get as a way to prospect.
1: i can't believe you sent this
0: oh my gosh i still want to write that book of bad messages on linkedin because (laughs) i literally i have fun with those too right with like they're still doing it and they think it works and i don't i don't understand it i just i sent this to someone the other day i just have to find one of them to read to you because you know i get very entertained um by these messages i get from people like some guy reached out hey there i hope you're open to connecting i'm always available to chat about business or even how to make the best burger you've ever had okay. All
1: right. that's a little interrupt yeah
2: i was like okay i'll
0: give him a chance
1: yeah it's right? a little bit different
0: and then he goes in with his pitch on the next message. And I'm like, really?
1: Focus on the burger. One step at a time.
0: I, I get that with the, uh, what would be a good day and time for you to talk? Had done his pitch. Then he does that. Sends me a calendar link. I don't respond. Then message me again. Hey, Gina, I haven't heard back from you. It might've been a bad time to chat. Or maybe it was a bad message, dude. (laughs) When can we hop on a quick call to connect? Like, come on, people get, get, get your prospecting in order.
1: What should he have done?
0: He should have thanked me for connecting and then warmed me up in other ways by sending me relevant content I might be interested in looking at. He should have made some specific reference to me, my job, my company. He should have, he should have really done a deeper dive into my profile to find out what problem might she have that I could possibly solve so in my messaging I could put some relevant content in there that would uh, compel her to respond
1: yeah there you go not that hard no you can even tell your prospect you're doing that I would I would like to be selling you right now but my training says I need to see how I can relate to you (laughs) it's like hmm (laughs) okay, that's transparent.
0: <laughs> but I, I can't, I, get, I it always surprises me that someone's teaching them how to do these things
1: or not teaching them how or to not do
0: teaching things. them. And I literally have been doing things like, you know, I agree. And then they stay, they, they send their dump on me. And I literally, my response lately has been really.
1: So, you know, the old, the old selling adage is, um show up don't throw up. Yep. You know, and they're throwing up, not showing up, and you have to show up differently today. So, show up in a manner that works today, which isn't you're going to show up at their office and engage them and create a relationship face to face, which is the easiest way to do it. How are you going to create that somewhat of a relationship and this is, you know, but you have got to show up in a manner in which it shows that you care to some degree. And that you're transparent about what you're doing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I could go on a whole rampage about that.
1: Absolutely, you could. But we're running out of time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, one more. So you talked about um, sales and technology. What's going on with technology that they're struggling with? From a, it's just
1: the, just the demand. Every company has become a technology company. You know, if you're not doing technology you're, you're going to go out of business in some manner. You're not embracing technology. It may be as simple as not. I say simple. It may be as simplistic as you're going to implement Salesforce or some kind of CR, you know, something like that, or you're developing something. Every company is reliant on technology. And so the demand for the technology people is just out of the, out of the world, not enough people to keep up. Hmm. Name your price. So
0: how, how do we solve that problem?
1: So, the you know, as a company, how do you solve that problem? You know, this will get back to culture, but talented people, especially technology people like to work with other talented people. And if you have a talent, you're going to attract a talent. If you don't, you're going to attract B and C talent and then they're not going to Either they're going to stay and not do a lot of work and get paid a lot, or they're not going to stay. So it's it's really it's such a challenge, you know. So people people like to work, you know. Talent top talent likes to work with top talent.
0: Yeah, one yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. So let, let's as we uh, end this show, wrap up this show. Let's go back to this. Brings us back full circle to culture. Right, so uh, looking at that, going into twenty twenty two, how what would be some good advice from a culture perspective? Like, I know you say, like, oh, I'm going to go fix my culture now. It's definitely not that easy. But let's just say they have a really messed up culture. What do they do?
1: Well, I think you have to first figure out where is it messed up. Keep in mind that culture always always comes from the top yeah so so the first thing is if you say oh wow we have a messed up culture uh, the next thing you really need to do is if you're a leader is go look in the mirror and say wonder what's messed up and why (laughs) and then you have to figure out how you address that but you know I think I think transparency and communication and it's been said over and over and over again and it is key as, as is the other side, which is setting expectations, black and white expectations and accountability there. You know, one of the best books I read this year, I absolutely love it. A lot of people don't agree with it, but it was written by Reed Hastings, who is the founder and CEO of Netflix.
0: Yeah, 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 and, yeah. I know where it, you're going.
1: And it is called No Rules Rules. Yeah, it's
0: a great book
1: it's a great book and the Netflix culture deck has been a you know a powerful deck for a number of years the Netflix culture story is a great story and you know one of the things that Netflix really does well and they talk this is the one of the lead topics in this book is setting context mm. and so i think that's one of the key things is you do is set context you know um jim collins who wrote good to great which is another required reading book, you know, talked about something called the hedgehog concept. And, and that's about figuring out what you do best. But part of that, the first step is, does everybody know what your economic drivers are? In other words, does everybody know how you make money and how the company makes money? And what was really interesting, I was going through this with one of my clients who has a very small staff and half of her staff did not know how her company made money
0: mm-hmm.
1: and this is a this is a good this is a great company it's growing it's gonna go places that realization that a large percentage of her staff didn't know how the company actually made money was key, and that's context, which gets you know so just
0: and i I think it goes a little bit beyond that. I've always been a a big fan of this. I did this running other companies. It wasn't just about telling the employees how we made money. It was also telling them how we spent money.
1: Absolutely. Because yeah.
0: I, I they needed to understand the, the cost involved of doing business. And I feel like when employees understand that, there's a different buy-in. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. There is. That gets into actually, you know, the great old book, Great Game of Business. Um, but it's does everybody understand the ins and outs, the yeah. profit and loss. The
0: well, I mean the profit and loss part of it is a, is a big piece the of it. Income I, statement, yeah. yeah I, I think understanding margins, um, you don't, I mean, I suck at math, but I know how to figure out margins
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> um, when I'm, when I'm pricing things out, right. Like I sell a service, but we have to be able to have the, okay, first tell me what the bra as a salesperson, right. Cause we can be, we could be crazy. We're going to go out and sell things, but you got to sell things profitably, right? So just tell me what my number is that I have to be at from a margin perspective. And then I can go from there so I can understand it. But when you don't communicate, I see it happen all the time. It doesn't get communicated. And then the employee gets frustrated. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Did you did you know what you were allowed to price it at? It yeah. should have it shouldn't matter. The company makes plenty of money. Right. There's that attitude, right? right? The attitude yep. of like so what's wrong you know they can they can afford it like no they really can't if you understood how the company operated you would realize that that's why there's this
1: right yeah yeah
0: but if leadership doesn't communicate it that's the problem right.
1: and so you know one of the ways to look at this is are you selling off of a price list and a lot of companies are selling off a price mm-hmm. list now, the question is why is the price on the price list that price Ooh. It's the why. And that goes back to the old Simon Sinek. Start with why. Yeah. But why is the price on the price list that price? And the salespeople need to understand that.
0: Why is the price on the price list that price? Is that what you said? Right. That's right. Why is the price on the price list that price? Okay, because I want this to be the entire, the episode title. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if if you're selling something at $10,000, why 10000 Yeah. You know? Why can't we sell it at a $1,000? it will sell easier. Right. Well, first off, you're selling on price, not value. But there is a reason.
0: Right. That's a good one. It costs
1: $10,000. That's a good one. It may be that the owner wants to make so much money, buys a jet. Or you understand the real cost of the business and see.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, this uh, has always been... Fascinating to spend time with you talking about all of these things.
1: It is always so wonderful to see your face, Gina. <laughs> the beautiful smile, the laugh.
0: Go on. go on. go on <laughs> All right, Keith. And you're so bright. The sales thing is fits you so well. Uh, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, um that's a whole nother episode, but we gotta go so. Uh once again happy birthday to me.
1: Just- happy birthday Thank to you. 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 Gina has the best birthday parties when the environment allows it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Are
1: you doing a charity birthday party this year?
0: I'm not doing my charity my usual my usual charity birthday party this year. Um, okay. you know, with COVID has just been kind of a wonky thing. It, my my is already a challenging birthday to get people to show up. That's why I came up with the charity angle of guilting people into my birthday. Um, and, and that's been effective. <laughs> I mean, even you have gotten on a plane to do that. So until things are, you know, I can get people out more, uh, I'm not doing that, but instead I'm, I'm excited. I'm, um, going to Brook Green gardens, um, which would technically be tonight. And, um, it's the most amazing botanical gardens in the country it's won all kinds of awards. Um, they have their, night of a thousand candles it's really beautiful so there are just a few of us having dinner at the restaurant and and then cuz i know the vp of operations mm. i will be turning on the christmas tree
1: wow lighting it up
2: i'm Gina. lighting
0: up the tree every night someone lights up the tree and tonight it is me wow how fun is that? So
1: that's fun.
0: So that'll be fun. That'll be fun. So that's good. So um, let's wrap up this show and you, wrap up this year.
1: Wrap it up.
0: Wrap it up. Thank you, Warners, for listening to this episode of the Women Your Mother Warned You About with me, Gina Tramarco, and the amazing Keith Walters, who always has so much knowledge to share. For more information about our show, you know where to go go to womenyourmotherwarnsabout.com. You You can also find us all over social media. And of course, if you want to be a really great salesperson in 2022, you need to go check out salesgravy.university. I've got a new course launching. Oh, I haven't told you about it, Keith, but it's called Creative Selling. Uh, I just launched um, my news course, uh, Selling with Stories. And, uh, now we are bringing you creative selling. So time to get creative, check it out. Thank you sales gravy for sponsoring us. And we're out of here. Bye Keith.
1: Gina. Bye.
0: (laughs) Bye. Warners. This really
2: will get serious soon. Yeah. Don't, it, it doesn't have to, I don't think anybody wants it to be serious.